From the National Press Club in Washington, D.C., this is Update One, the club's official podcast. It features newsworthy stories originating from the NPC facilities, as well as broader topics related to journalism, communications, press freedom, and transparency. I'm Adam Cano. During the week of July 18th, the world's aviation industry reconvened in Europe for the first time since before the pandemic. The biennial Farnborough International Air Show, aviation's largest event for 2022, was held about an hour southwest of London, attracting tens of thousands of exhibitors and visitors, not to mention more than 1,000 accredited journalists. On the eve of that event, my guest Peter Bradfield held the 10th annual Aerospace Media Dinner and Awards to recognize excellence in journalism across the industry. Peter, thanks for joining me. Thank you. Before we talk about the news from uh, this month's award ceremony uh, held on the eve of such a, a massive industry air show, let's talk about what it was like to see people reconvene after a three-year hiatus. Uh, it was fantastic, absolutely amazing. Uh, the atmosphere in the room was, was, to coin a phrase, it was buzzing. You know, I think the person who summed it up most of all was one of the award winners, John Ostra. And he simply took a microphone and said, I have missed you all so much. It was fantastic. And I think that just exactly captures the spirit of the evening. People were so glad to be together. Where was the event held and how many people attended this year? It was held at the Royal Aeronautical Society in London. Um, we were pretty much at capacity, which is 180 odd people. Um, we actually had to have a little bit of uh, uh, an additional table outside, which was mostly for me and people involved in the admin. I would have preferred to have been inside in the actual room itself, but, um, you know, we were full up. What, what more can we do? I know the number of award categories has varied over the years. Uh, how many of them were there this year and how are they judged? Uh, this year we had 20 award categories. Um, some of those categories gave out more than one award, for example, the Lifetime Achievement, we gave out two of those awards. And the Best in Depth, we give out two awards for that. We give a judge's commendation and a winner. Everything is judged by an independent panel of judges. These are people who've either been in journalism or in communications or have a, a media background. Uh, who, however, they're non-aligned. They're not actively involved in publications today. They may have been in the past, but now they're totally independent uh, and non-aligned to any publications whatsoever. Yeah, full disclosure, I am one of those uh, judges. Each category is sponsored by a major industry company. What's the attraction for them to underwrite these awards? I think the key thing that overrides everything is the networking opportunities that they get at this event, the opportunity to, to meet with journalists and aviation press prior to a major air show such as Farnborough means that they can get together eye to eye and they can talk about what they want to do for the coming week. They can set up meetings, they can set up interviews. So the networking is one of the key aspects. The other thing is with the uh, publicity that goes with the event as, as an award sponsor, they can clearly demonstrate their support of the aviation media. And it's obvious there for everyone to see that they are great supporters, not just at this event, but throughout the year. Most of the entrants are from the trade press, but you, you do get a few submissions from 
mainstream media outlets I can think in the past, uh, you know, BBC, Financial Times, Popular Science. What what media outlets beyond those do you think um, our listeners might recognize? Uh, you just took the words right out of my mouth because those ones you just mentioned are the ones that uh, um, I have uh, that listed um, that we were going to uh, suggest and talk about. But we we do attract things from national and international media. When I say that, I'm not talking about aviation press, but the news press. So we do get entries from those. They don't necessarily always win. Uh, they don't even sometimes even get shortlisted. But we get a nice balance of predominantly aviation press that enter, but international news media also uh, um, are nominated as well. And in some cases, we've had a lady called Peggy Hollinger uh, writing for the FT, and I think she's won on two occasions in the past. So we do get, you know, um, additional entries other than just the aviation press. And fair to say that some of those folks um, on occasion will attend the event as well. I mean, the folks in the room are not just industry media. No, no, no. They're they're all very welcome. My boast is that uh, all media are welcome to the Aerospace Media Awards, provided we have the capacity. (laughs) Gets a little difficult when we're over capacity, but uh, all media are welcome. Uh, You might might have to move to a bigger venue next year. Um, well, next year we're in Paris, so we do have more capacity at the Aero Club de France. Um, but 2024 in London, we will obviously have to look at that and see how many we anticipate for 2024 based on what we see in 2023 next year. In terms of the recurring award categories, uh, who were some of the big winners this year? Um, well, as you know, from the last Two years because of COVID, we've had to run this event virtually. Um, but some of the big winners um, staking his claim for the best in-depth aviation feature winner was John Ostra, who won again this year. He has won during the COVID years as well. And the other guy that uh, pitched up and has been a consistent winner is Matt Thurber of Aviation International News. So both of those were, you know, glad to see them on the stage again. John Ostrauer being uh, the founding editor of the Air Current, Air Current, uh, Current. as a uh, industry-centric but subscription-based mm-hmm. uh, news service. Yeah. What do you think it means for him and for Matt and the other editors and reporters to be recognized at this event? To be recognized at this event, um, well, I think first of all, um, it speaks volumes that all of the winners and the nominees are so proud to put forward the fact that either they've been won or been nominated it means so much i mean i sometimes see in media kits and different aspects of publication uh marketing that you know that that they've either won they've got a history of winners they've naturally when you go around the chalets at an event such as farnborough those publications that have chalets they have their wards proudly on display so I think it makes a significant impact on um, the publication and the journalists. And in actual fact, over the years, we've noticed, particularly in the young journalist category, that the winners have frequently springboarded onto even bigger and better and greater things, having been crowned the best young journalist of the year. Hmm. 
beyond the individual categories for journalistic excellence, your event recognizes lifetime achievement, something you talked about briefly earlier. Who won this time and why were those journalists particularly praiseworthy? Uh, we had two um, winners this year of the Lifetime Achievement Awards. Chris Pocock, a uh, long-time contributor to Aviation International News, and Alan Wynn, who just has such an outstanding history um, going back to his days as a publisher of Flight through to, even though I won't say how old he is, but he's still working on the, uh, is it the League of Airline Pilots Association? that he's doing their publication at the minute. Um, you know, it's such a pleasure to have the opportunity to see people who've got decades and decades of experience in aviation publishing and journalism to, you know, finally get their uh, recognition. It really is, it's from my point of view, an honour and such a pleasure to see those guys get up on stage and to see the impact it has on them. They, they truly do seem moved by the fact that they've been rewarded and recognized for their contribution uh, to aerospace journalism. I know you already have a full slate of awards, but are there any categories that aren't uh, there that you would wish to be there? Um, well, that's very true. And in fact, one of the feedbacks we were getting during Farnborough is the fact that, you know, some people said, you kind of figure like you got enough awards now. If you start adding any more categories, it's going to get a bit like a, the Oscars with, you know, uh, going on and on and on. So I think we're at the top end of the award categories. However, we are still not addressing the space sector. And I think in the way how the aviation world is at the minute, you know, security is a big factor as well. Whether we can address those two in the future um, will remains to be seen. But I think those two sectors could potentially uh, be future award categories. I know that the space journalists have been lobbying me for years now saying, why isn't there a space category? You've attended Farnborough and other air shows for many years. What changes have you noticed in, in journalism and public relations that have evolved there? And especially perhaps you know, now being back at the show uh, for the first time in three years, sure. given the pandemic? Yeah, I see that is one of the key factors is, is diversification. And I use that in the sense of the number of channels and formats in which how people can report the news these days. Um, the digital world has opened up everything so much that uh, somebody can be there you know, literally as a freelance reporter, set up a blog, a video channel, a podcast, whatever it might be. And they can be um, reporting on the show live as things happen. Um, so it's, you know, such a myriad of different ways as to how the reporting is, is carried out. And actually, I'd say as a visitor, it makes it more difficult to follow what's going on because you have such a huge variety of choice. Um, but as a non-visitor or a non-attendee, you are far better informed now about what's going on at an air show than you were, say, 15 years ago where the key reporting was done through a print show daily. Now you can be sat anywhere in the world and find out what happened at the Farnborough or Paris air show that day um, through the digitalization of how these things are reported. Um, the other side of the coin is, of course, that that brings a far wider audience to 
the reporting than what you would have had just in the days of print because you know you had to be there to read the news now you don't necessarily have to be there so it, your audience can be global as opposed to just the visitors to the trade show the aerospace media awards is not the only event that you do i know there's an event that happens in asia adjacent to the singapore air show every two years but perhaps more of interest to listeners you do a defense media awards that's held every year in mm -hmm. october adjacent to the association of the u.s army show and it's held right here at the national press club um you want to talk about plans for that for the fall yes well you know as uh, i was a look on the calendar this morning we are literally just 10 weeks away from that so it's coming up fast um We've had a great number of nominations. Uh, they're currently sat with the judges and the judges evaluating uh, all of the entries. I look forward to announcing the shortlisted finalists either in late August, early September. And from then on, it's a case of making all our preparations and getting everything in a line. So we have a great night on the 9th of October in the National Press Club. That was a very subtle dig to tell me I need to do my homework, Peter. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I really appreciate the work of the judges, <laughs> and believe you me, you are always one of the most diligent and most prompt in delivering uh, your scores. <laughs> so well, I'm, not, I'm not sure about that, but Peter, thank you so much for your time. Yeah, thank you very much. It's a pleasure. Peter Bradfield is the founder of the Aerospace Media Dinner and Awards. You can learn more at aerospacemediadinner.com. For Update One, I'm Adam Cano. You have been listening to Update One, the official podcast of the National Press Club, the world's leading professional organization for journalists and a vigorous advocate of press freedom worldwide. If you have any questions or comments about Update One, send an email to updateonepodcast at gmail.com.